Okay, everybody, welcome to this edition, Topics on My Mind, live stream edition for today, August 22nd, 2022. It is currently 3.18 p.m. If this goes for a while and there is an interruption, that would be around 5 o'clock maybe. Hopefully it won't go that long. Uh, but if there is, I do apologize. That would be my mom calling up to check up on things, let me know she's uh, coming home and all that because this is her first day at work or back at work since her break started back in June and um, it's an opportunity I've been looking forward to for a while because quite honestly um, you know quite honestly uh, even though I've done some live streams during the summer you know it's a little hard to do because one, if I do them with the door open, that means my mom has gone out for the day, either at my older sister's visiting or, you know, out with her doing some shopping or even out doing a, uh, let's say, a dress rehearsal for an upcoming wedding, stuff like that, or whatever the case may be. That's the only other time I would have. If I do it when she's here, like I said, the, the door is closed and she's either occupied doing something else or whatever the case may be and then sometimes if she walks by the room a little bit to check on something in her room or get something out of her room or get something out of the closet as I mentioned in one video sometimes I'll do this I'll go you know give you that signal basically indicating that yeah I need to um, tone it down a little bit if you know what I mean but anyway with that said uh, before we get into the topics let's talk a bit uh, about the summer um, uh, for me, you know, this is my first summer working in a while, um, even though the hours went down a little bit, uh, it's, it's been an interesting summer, uh, working, uh, basically you can, um, you could see, um, you know, how, you know, uh, you could definitely see the effect summer has on retail because of the fact that not only do they hire people in for the summer, like high school students, college-bound students, stuff like that, but they hire uh, basically, uh, you know, other well, not hire, but they lose some people that they rely on because those other people have like summer jobs. So it's kind of a back and forth situation, and you never know when they're going to need you scheduled because you know of the because of the fact that summer summer days are going to be busy. You know, some summer days, you know, are going to be busy, and, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, um, you know, kind of like a mystery sometimes, if you know what I mean. But I will say that business did start picking up, uh, basically, uh, the moment uh, school started back up. I mean, it basically felt like, it basically felt like it was a second coming of the Christmas season, if you know what I mean. Second coming, if you will, because that's how busy it got. It's like every day I was scheduled, it was like nonstop almost with parents getting back to school stuff for the kids, parents who are teachers getting school supplies for the students, stuff like that. It was just, it was just crazy, uh, say the least. Excuse me. Uh, it was just crazy. Um, as I check on something here. But like I said, it was just, uh, it was just crazy, uh, to say the least. 
I will I will say this. I will I will say this though. Um, you know, even though it got busy at times, and even though I didn't get that many hours, at least I can. I was happy to say that I was working. The benefit about that too is when I was working, I was able to you know, uh, where's my phone at? Put my phone somewhere. I, I put it somewhere around here. Hold on. Oh yeah, here it is. I gotta put it back in. But the benefit is, um, I'd be able to record on my phone here, or even through my uh, digital voice, my digital uh, voice recorder that I bring that I bought a long time ago, or even with the voice recorder on here, I could do like audio videos or just do on-screen videos, whatever the case may be to provide content and the only issue I would have is to pause the video pause the audio recording that I'm currently doing uh, because people might walk around and you don't want to get interrupted or anything like that so so that was kind of a, a thing right so that was kind of a, a situation I had to work on sometimes but like I said a benefit after work, before work, and sometimes even during lunch, is I could do that and thus provide you with content uh, later on or even throughout the day. Like if my phone didn't, you know, rapidly die on me so quickly, you know, I could provide you guys with a, a video and upload like right then and there and then name it later on or name what it's going to be, what it's going to be about, and then, you know, load it up and then maybe schedule it uh, for a certain time frame, um, all depending. If you're wondering what I'm drinking here, uh, for those of you who will be listening audio-wise, it's uh, I'm drinking out of My Little Pony, the movie cup that Frank Hill gave me, and I was drinking G Fuel. Yeah, I actually did a picture, like a Kool-Aid picture, if you will, uh, worth of uh, Battle Juice G Fuel. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I might go get some in a little bit before I really start going again, or I might just get some water. You know, we just mix it in that way. Just get some regular water, that's all. Um, but yeah, the summer's been quite interesting. Uh, like I said, I've been working. And, and um, that's, you know, the I think the downside is it kind of interferes with family business. I mean, for the first time on uh, on Saturday, uh, if for quite, in quite a while, I actually had to call Lyft. The last time I called Lyft was back in May because my bus... Um, had screwed up on me. My bus, um, well, here was the thing. And here's the thing. The, the bus system, as I've mentioned before, various times on this channel, uh, the bus system um, has changed. It's basically now the MAX, the Modesto Area Express Service, merged with the Status Cost County Regional Transit Service, and now they're just known as the S. And the S standing for Status Cost County. And... During the uh, during the spring and the late summer, uh, not spring, but during the mid spring to early summer, uh, the bus would would be going through. Well, the bus system would be going through a transitional period. So, what would happen is they would hire on new drivers that they would train and put them on certain routes. But then there would be times that the drivers would go on these routes, but they wouldn't know them completely. It's like, 
It's like if you let your dog loose or your cat loose at a dog park or a cat park, you know, whether trained or not, it's like letting them loose, you know, and they're not fully trained to know, okay, where to go uh, to do their business, to, to lay down and then come back to you. It's like letting them off without a leash. I'll put it that way. It's like letting them off without a leash. And that's, that's not, um, and that won't work for you. That's not something that's going to work out for you. And I do apologize for any lag. And hello, Super Godzilla X uh, Vlogs. Thank you for joining me in the live chat. And guys, again, uh, before I get any further, Super Chats, Super Stickers are on. Whatever you guys can donate, it would be greatly appreciated. And um, especially right now, since I do have cable to pay, <laughs> I don't want... The thing is, my mom's going to be paying... Uh, the, the, I paid some of the cable, uh, but my mom's also got to pay the rest of it. And what that means basically is she's got to basically pay, she's basically got to pay the majority of it, which, you know, I didn't want it to do. My plan was to pay for most of it. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, that didn't work out. And now she's got to do the whole, now she's got to do the rest of it. And I don't want her to do most of that. So whatever you guys can do uh, financially through Super Chats, Super Stickers, and even Venmo, which you can see right at the top here. Uh, let me make sure you, I, I point it to you guys. Venmo, which is right here. You can see it. Venmo at Brian-Walmer-2 and Cash App at BWRoses98 would be greatly appreciated, whatever you guys could do. And then, of course, the Super Chats um, as well, Super Stickers, whatever you guys can do, would be greatly appreciated. Um, anyway, getting back on uh, topic here, and again, I do apologize for any lag. Getting back on topic, like I said, I have to, like I said, I have to, you know, you know, I wanted to pay it all on my own, but that didn't work out the way I was hoping. But so, if you guys can help out in that that way, it would be greatly appreciated, very, very much. Be greatly appreciated, very, very much. Um. Anyway, to go back on my topic that I was talking about, um, yeah, the the bus service was going through a transitional period, uh, where they, like I said, where they were uh, hiring drivers, training them, but then letting them out on the routes without really showing them where to go. It's like letting them loose without any instructions, or it's like you, okay, it's like you buy a like my my laptop is you know, on this desk, right? Or my bed here that I got last year. You know, it's like one of these things coming without instructions. Without the instructions, you, you get, you'd probably be able to figure out how to put it together, but the instructions make it a lot easier and faster to do. Without them, it takes a little bit more time and more patience. And, you know, that's basically what it was like with some of the uh, drivers that they put on the routes in the, in the mornings, uh, in the evenings and even in the afternoons. Some of them, you know, didn't know the routes very well. Sometimes, you know, the bus, which is 45 West, um, which is, I think, which I think's already gone by, you know, just now. I think it's just getting ready to go by. And it's going to turn into the 40 that goes into Modesto. Uh, there have been times that the person, the new driver on the 45 West uh, route, would not turn down Inyo Street because Inyo Street's one of its stops. So it wouldn't turn down to Inyo Street. It would just go straight down Highway 33. 
And because it wouldn't turn down Inyo Street, where I would be waiting for it, along with some other people, it would also be missing out on all the other routes around Newman. And why? Because the person wasn't trained fully on the route. They didn't tell the person, or they didn't have somebody along with that person to do the training with, with and show them, the, show them the way. They didn't do that. Instead, the, they just let them loose on their own, and that pissed a lot of people off, including myself. It pissed a lot of people off, including myself, till finally, after a lot of, com I guess, complaining and you know, calling up and whatever, they finally realized, hey, we need to put experienced drivers that know these routes you know, in the same bus with the trainer, with the trainees, so that the new drivers know the routes without any trouble. And so far, that's been And so far, they've been doing it again. They've actually gone back to doing it, which they should have been doing in the first place. And it's been working. It's been helping out. Now, the drivers don't. Now, some of the new drivers don't know the routes completely just yet, but they got the hang of it. They got a better idea of it uh, than they've done in the past. But. It's just one of those situations where they would they shouldn't have to worry about that whatsoever. They should have just been, you know, fully trained on these routes, you know, the first time around. That's what they should have been, fully trained the first time around, but they weren't. And that's what really pissed me and a lot of fan, a lot of other uh, drivers off. It pissed us all off due to the fact that they did not train these people, um, you know, well enough. To, to you know to be put on these routes right away because of the fact that like I said some of the drivers would just go freaking careening past Inyo Street and all the other routes here in Newman that they would have to go through uh, before going back to Patterson they just go down Highway 33 and that's it now sometimes the, the, the drivers that would do that would be the early morning drivers like the 730 drivers and mainly they would do that because I guess they assumed hey the office doesn't open till 8 o'clock no one's going to say anything to me. I'm just going to make it quick for my route and just go down to Highway 33 and go back to Patterson and then and get my route done, done quickly because they just want to go home. They just want to get paid and go home. Well, thankfully, that's not the case anymore. And now the people are kind of learning the lesson like, okay, I do need to do this or else I'm going to get in trouble. A good example, of, like I said, of sending of them kind of being in a hurry to get drivers before finally having enough complaints come down their throats that they had to get these drivers trained, is one night uh, a woman, a female driver, I guess she knew the Turlock area, I guess she was trained on that, but she wasn't trained on the uh, Patterson and Newman area. She wasn't trained on that. And what did me and all the other passengers do? All of us, when we got to Amy and Driscoll, normally I wait to go to Mesed and Eucalyptus because that's the next official stop. A lot of us, including myself, we're like, we ain't dealing with this anymore. And we got off the bus. And that was like back in May or April or something like that. We got off the bus. We're like, screw this. We ain't dealing with this anymore. This ain't our fault. We're not the ones that are supposed to tell this lady where to go. You know, the bus, you know, the bus company should have had somebody with her to train her. And if that's not enough, the one thing I'm hoping that the bus system has finally learned about and realized is to watch who they let on board. And I've talked about this before, about, about a month ago or so, I think it's around a month ago or so, we had this lady that was just out of her mind on the bus several times. One time I'm sitting at the window like this, you know, I'm just sitting at the window looking, and she walked right up to where, my, where the window is, where my seat's at, 
at at smiles and just, just walks away and then walks towards the bus, comes in the bus, and I'm like, I, 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 and I don't get off the bus because it's in Turlock because I need a ride home. So I just move seats. She follows. It it was just strange. It was just strange, and you know, it's not the first time either. And what's funny, what's funny is, I'm not the only one that noticed that. We've had a couple of passengers that have noticed that. And on the second time this lady was on the bus, this young kid who was working at Wingstop in Patterson, I'm thinking, and this is just an assumption on my part, he was probably going to get off where I was going to get off. He was going to probably get off um, instead of Eucalyptus or maybe see if he can get dropped off at Burger King or wherever. And he decided to get off on Amy and Driscoll because he didn't want to deal with this lady anymore. Neither did I. So we both got off. And then I walked down... I think it was Eucalyptus down to Merced. And it's, I'm walking down Merced towards Main Street. Or, yeah, towards the Main Street, basically, where I would turn to go down to my street. All of a sudden, I see her right there across the way. And this is on N Street. This is like the Main Street, the Main Highway Street to go into the Highway 33. I see her right across the street over at the Chevron. And I'm thinking, oh, not going to deal with that. So what do I do? Well, what do I do? I decide not to go straight like I normally do. I would just walk around in front of the Chevron, down this alleyway, just look, make sure she's not, you know, in any of the vicinity. And then, as soon as I see that the coast is clear, I walk home. And the last time I noticed is she was probably being picked up by this, or hit, she was probably hitchhiking, hitchhiking and getting a ride from a white car or something like that. And that was the last I saw of her. Now, if I seen her before, I mean, not before, but afterwards, absolutely. Absolutely, I've seen it. I think I saw on the 10 going to Modesto one time. And that was it. But after that, I haven't had her on the bus in a while. I probably I don't know if I'll have to deal with her a week from this Friday or not. But I haven't had to deal with her since. Or this Friday or not, but I haven't had to deal with her since. Because it's like, I don't need to deal with that. Period. I don't need to deal with it, period. Anyway. Anyway. The thing is, you know, the drivers need to learn not not to let on certain people that have, might have some mental problems. Either that's drug-related mental problems or whatever. Because the last two guys we had, and I showed you a video of this, and I talked about it on the video. You know, they were picked up from the Patterson Park. Obviously he had some problems because one guy was stomping his feet real loud. And then, and then he tried to get out of the, get out of the side, side exit when we had one stop in Turlock which wasn't the stop he needed. And then they got off on the stop I was at. And as I'm walking to go to Bur uh, McDonald's to get some breakfast, which is because the McDonald's is right there in front of my job, all of a sudden I hear this glass shatter. And it's a, and I'm assuming it's the two guys that were on the bus with me that shattered the glass, not on the bus, but of the um, advertisement board on the uh, you know at the bus stop. Because we have this bus stop there with an overhead, a little roof to shade us from the sun or... You know, keep us dry from the rain. And they have these little advertisement boards on the side. And they decide, okay, we're going to break these son of a guns and uh, go from there. We're going to break these son of a guns go from there. And they broke one of them. And when I went to go away from my bus later on that day, I looked down and I saw the glass. And I'm thinking, what is this from? And then I see what it is. And I'm like, I kind of can guess who probably did it. You know, so they got to be careful on who they let on board. They do. 
I mean, just the other day, one of the ladies I, I'm getting to know right now on the 9 o'clock bus, the 915 bus, you know, she had to tell a guy to uh, basically keep his phone down, put his earphones in if he had any. And this guy seemed to have a bit of an attitude because he wanted to bring his bike on the bus. There's a bike rack on the front of the bus you can put your bike on and take, you know, put your bike on where it be safe and everything and then take it off and then you can take it down when you go to get to your stop. But this guy wanted to bring it on and then he was kind of like kind of trying to complain about the fact of, oh, it's public transport. and everything. It's just, again, it's just one of those situations where they have to be careful of who they let on board. That That's about it. They, they got to be careful on who they let on board because if not, if not, you know, it could be trouble for a lot of people, period. It could be trouble for a lot of people. Uh, but anyway, anyway, though, guys, you know, that's that's what's been happening so far this summer. And then, like I said, you know, finally got the place to myself. It's back to a semi-normal, semi-normal capacity because even though my mom's working 8 to 5 today, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. She could do, she can go in at 8 again, or she can go in at 9. I don't know. We'll have to see. It's usually, like I said, it's like a variety, you know, kind of situation. You know, when it comes to the first couple of weeks of being back on the job for her after a summer break. So, and uh, the other thing she needs to do too, and I don't know if she's going to do it while she's there today or whatever, if they give her and anybody else that hasn't done it, an opportunity to do it is her sexual harassment training. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's another thing too. That that's the training they got a lot of co- jobs doing. I did mine recently uh, at my job, but and my mom was sent an email with a link, you know the you know from her job to do it as well, and they sent it to her after she was already on break. And she decided not to do it. She decided, no, I'm going to wait until I go back. Because if she would have done it, that would basically count as her being on the job. And that doesn't make sense if she's on vacation. If you know what I mean. Anyway, though, that's... Anyway, though, it's been an interesting summer. And, you know, not can't really say any more than that, <laughs> if you will. But, um, yeah, it's been an interesting summer. And... You know, you know, just getting re- just getting ready, not getting ready, but just getting myself used to being back to semi-normal and, every- and everything. I do go back to work on Wednesday, but then I'm off on Thursday, and then I work Friday and Saturday, and, you know, then go into a normal routine afterwards, uh, I'm guessing. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what comes about from all that um, in the near future. Anyway, though, anyway, I just wanted to come on here. Uh, at the start of this and do a little bit of a vlog let you guys know what's been going on throughout uh, this summer uh, so far uh, before we get into some of the topics um, at hand if you know what I mean so with that said with that said at 23 minutes and 50 seconds going on 24 minutes let's get into our topics let's talk about the topics here at 24 minutes that we are going to talk about we're going to talk about and I do have them with me yes they're on my screen as well but I have them with me right now physically so you guys can see them there first the uh, we have eight topics 
First topic we're going to talk about is the Regal Cinemas owner Cineworld considering filing for bankruptcy. We'll talk about that. The second to uh, second topic is Hasbro rethinking Hollywood strategy, possible sale, and restructuring. Number three, Disney Plus Day to deliver new content and exciting perks to subscribers. Number four, should Disney remove hanging body scene from Haunted Mansion? We'll talk about that. Number five, House of Dragon premiere crashes HBO Max. Number six, Dragon Ball Z super superhero dominates at the box office. Number seven, why do Sonic fans write NFSW adult stories with Tails as the ladies man? We'll talk about that. And then number eight, we'll talk about the 45-day theatrical window being theatrical uh, window being out the window, or the 45-day theatrical rule being out the window. So, with that said, with that said, and at 25 minutes, 25 seconds, let's talk about the first topic, and that is Regal Cinema. Regal Cinema, in case you guys don't know, is the um, is the uh, subsidiary of Cineworld out of London, and Cineworld has decided to file for Chapter se uh, Chapter Eleven bankruptcy. Um, and basically, what that means is it's gonna it'll be all right, it'll be fine as far as I know. Uh, it'll be fine as far as I know, but. The, you know, but the fact, but the fact that it's filing for bankruptcy, you know, isn't it totally its fault? It isn't totally Cineworld's fault uh, in anything. It's the, it's due to the fact that the pandemic really came hard, came down hard on a lot of, um, it came down hard on a lot of uh, cinema uh, businesses, a lot of theatrical businesses. And in a, you know, not just Cineworld, world, but AMC, independent ones, you name it. Um, they've all basically been hit hard because of the pandemic. They were all hit hard because of the pandemic, and now they're trying to recoup um, those um, losses, you know, as best they can. And it's harder than it seems. So companies like Cineworld, world, and I think even before them, AMC have had to go this route to kind of keep themselves afoot. Now, what does this mean for the future of Regal Cinemas here in the States? It's hard to say, but this kind of situation does make companies kind of reevaluate, you know, some of the acquisitions, maybe even consider selling off or closing down certain sections of those businesses uh, that they own or have a stake in. And what that mean, what that could mean for someone like Regal here in here in the U.S. is, Cinema World, if they decide, hey, the best way financially to save ourselves is to shut down some Regal Cinema outlets, then they will do it. Uh, but I don't think that'll happen. You know, hopefully not. I think the I think the only thing that might happen is they might either raise the prices of tickets, you know, at the cinemas to. All, not just in Regal, but all across, Cineworld included, in London, in the European areas, in the United Kingdom areas. You know, they'll probably raise their um, prices there to kind of make up for what they're losing. But in the end, I, I think they'll be fine. I think they will be okay. Uh, if there is any losses that they would probably have to 
look at making or sacrificing for the time, it's not going to be the theaters or anything like that. It might be, you know, having less concessions or something like that down the line or basically uh, postponing indefinitely the building of new uh, Regal Cinemas or Cineworld Cinemas uh, here in the States in the United Kingdom. So that I think that would be the only uh, thing that might happen. But yeah, it is, uh, yeah, it is kind of a, a surprise to hear about this because Regal Cinemas here in the States, as far as I'm concerned, are thriving. They're doing very well. I mean, there's not a weekend that I don't see the Regal Cinemas over throughout this past summer not being in Turlock and maybe even Modesto not selling out or having a decent sellout of a crowd because they would. You know, they had a... Here's the thing. I went to go see, for my birthday, Thor Love and Thunder, you know, and, you know, it was packed. It wasn't as crowded as it was opening weekend, but it was packed still. It was packed, and people, people enjoyed what they were seeing. They enjoyed what they were seeing. So, you know, Regal Cinemas, in my, in my opinion, here in the States... They're doing good. So hope. So I don't think this bankruptcy thing is going to hurt them in any shape or form. I think what it's going to do is it's going to open the eyes of the owners of Cineworld and say, hey, and make them not and make them say, hey, maybe we shouldn't, you know, be doing things a certain way like this. And maybe we need to do this instead. And like I said, the only things I think I could see changing is the, you know, is the uh, increase in ticket prices as well as I could probably see. Um, I could probably see the um, limitation on concessions and stuff like that down the line. It, it just that's just an opinion, not saying it will happen, but I think that might be the only route uh, possible for them to take. It might be the only route possible uh, for them to take right now because of the fact that you know. There may not be any other option unless they decide, you know, hey, we need to sell. We need to sell. And, you know, and I'm not saying sell the entire business. I'm saying, you know, we need to sell or we need to shut down certain uh, portions that we have in the States in the United Kingdom as far as theater chains go. But I don't think that'll happen. I think it'll just be a readjustment of we're going to increase the ticket prices and we're going to decrease the supply, the supply that we have for concessions and stuff like that. That way they can try to make back the money that they lost and not have to worry about this again. But as far as, you know, like I said, any of the Regal cinemas being affected by this uh, in the future, I think will be, I think every one of them will be okay. And, you know, I think it's just going to be a hard lesson for the owners of Cineworld to realize that, hey, you, you know, sometimes you got to hike up you know, hike up prices and do things you may not want to do to keep yourself afloat and not have to worry about something like chapter 11, chapter 11, chapter 11 bankruptcy, um, you know, at all. So I, I, don't, I don't think Cineworld is, you know, I don't think Cineworld or even Regal Theaters are going to be hurt by this in the long run. I think, I think they'll be fine. And really, that's all I could say. It's just, you know, unfortunate they have to go through this just to keep themselves afloat. But I think Cineworld and everything involving and rotating around it is going to be fine uh, financially. Now, before we get into the next topic, let me go get some water and I'll be right back.
Okay, guys, had to go get myself some water. I ran out of my G Fuel. So, um, put that over here. But yeah, I had to go get some water. <sighs> Refreshing H2O. <laughs> Alright, the, the next topic we're going to get to. I'm here at 33 minutes and about 30 seconds. Next topic we're going to get here to is Hasbro rethinking Hollywood strategy, possible sale, and restructuring. Now, in case you haven't heard, um, Hasbro uh, basically plans to... Uh, well, basically, are considering, you know, basically considering um, getting out of the uh, movie business uh, because they recently, and hello to uh, Murky uh, here as well. Again, guys, super chats, uh, uh, super chats and super stickers are open, would be appreciated, as well as whatever you guys can do. As well as you can support me at Venmo at Brian Warmer Two and at Cash App at BW Roses, as you can see above. But yeah, but yeah, um, Hasbro is thinking, basically, of selling. I'm a, I'm assuming selling E1. Now E1 is a entertainment uh, company that they bought um, that's out of Canada because they wanted to have a division that. Kept them, that brought them into the Hollywood uh, limelight, and so, and as well as have a production company under their name that can help distribute their properties into theaters. And apparently, it's not been turning out the way they would want. So now they either got to restructure how they do this if they want to keep E1 under the belt, or they're going to have to sell it. And what's crazy is they have a movie already with a trailer out and scheduled to come out real soon in Dungeons and Dragons. And it's getting a lot of positive praise. It really is. It's getting a lot of positive praise, but it potentially could be the last one under the Hasbro E1 banner. Like Hasbro will still license out the properties to be turned into movies and shows. That's not a problem. You know, so that way they could sell their products. Like their toys and stuff. But, you know, they wouldn't be the ones being... But they wouldn't be the ones truly, like, helping to distribute it. Because, you know, they might be selling off the E1 uh, subsidiary uh, to somebody else. Who that could be, we don't know. But, um, you know, they, they're considering it. They are considering it, but it doesn't mean they're going to do it. They're just considering it. There's thoughts of restructuring and, you know, to try to do things a little bit more different to where they don't have to maybe sell off um, the E1 uh, division to, to somebody else and, you know, you know, kind of salvage it so that they can continue having a connection to Hollywood under their own umbrella, um, if you will. But, yeah, you know, they are considering it because apparently 
Some of the movies are not. Some of the movies they did do recently, they did release recently, are not doing as well as they would hope. And of course, the pandemic had a lot to do with that too. But now maybe, maybe things will change. But now maybe they're considering, hey, we either gotta sell E1 to somebody else that's gonna do a better job with it than us, or we gotta restructure what we do on the inside to maintain ownership of E1. Uh, in the near future. And, um, you know, that'll be quite interesting to see what they do. You know, and um, if you're wondering, is that going to have any effect on Dungeons & Dragons? Again, they're considering. They're considering selling E1 or, you know, instead of restructuring, but restructuring is also a top priority. So I don't think anything will... I don't think you have anything to worry about when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons or any other future Hasbro movie. I think just right now they're just thinking out loud what they could do to um, salvage uh, the situation they're in right now so that they can make a profit back on whatever they bring to the theaters or to the small screen um, in the future. So I don't... So right now it's kind of a toss-up with with Hasbro to see what they're going to do but it's going to be it'll be an interesting ride it'll be an interesting ride to see what they do with the E1 uh, property that they have and whether or not they're going to keep it and just restructure how they you know produce things or if they're going to consider selling it so that they can focus more on product you know selling product than just trying to you know hammer out and produce movies and shows like that you know, as well. So we'll see what they do. If they decide to sell it, I won't be surprised. But if they don't, I won't be surprised either. But yeah, um, there's there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scene at Hasbro, to where, you know, either they're considering the sell, selling their entertainment sub, subsidiary to somebody else, or just restructuring to keep it around and you know trying to and consider. You know, distributing things in a different way. Kind of have like a different plan, if you will, um, in mind. So, yeah. So, yeah, there is some uh, restructuring going on over um, at Hasbro. There are, is some reconstructuring going on at Hasbro. And it's either going to con consist of them selling E1 or them reformatting in a way that makes it a lot more easier to do things without any confusion. All right, so on to on to our third topic. At um, I would assume it's going to be 40, 40 minutes now, and I uh, just uh, have a little bit of sore there. Just noticed, but yeah, forty minutes. Our next topic: Disney Plus Day to deliver new content and exciting perks to subscribers. Now. Disney Plus Day, of course, celebrates the anniversary as to when Disney Plus um, became reality. And with every Disney Plus Day, they do supply a lot of new content and stuff uh, for people to enjoy. And two of the ones that are highlighted are is the premiere of the is the premiere of the live action Pinocchio movie, as well as it's the Disney Plus premiere of Thor and Love Love and Thunder. So, those are the two things 
that are being uh, promoted and probably more will be promoted um, as time goes on. There are other things they're going to do. They're going to have a new episode of She-Hulk, of course. Uh, but they're also going to have some other things going as well. Uh, they do have some nice perks and everything for the for the guests, I'm assuming. Let me, let me double check that. I do apologize for any lag if you will see it. I do apologize for any lag if you will see it. So, uh, let's see. Let's go to my Facebook Facebook page because I put it there. Here we go. <clears throat> this is from the Disney Insider. It's in the Disney Insider. It said that Disney Plus Day will deliver more excitement to subscribers with additional content premiering globally on September 8th, as well as celebrations across Disney Parks experiences and products. They say the new titles coming to the streamer include Thor Love and Thunder, uh, The Making of Thor Love and Thunder, Obi-Wan Kenobi A Jedi's Return, Remembering, Dancing with the Stars, The Pro's Most Memorable Dances, uh, uh, Terra, uh, Terry Incanita, Incanito, The Frozen and Frozen 2 Singalongs, Welcome to the Club, which is a new short from The Simpsons. And then they said the Disney Parks experience and products will join in the Disney Plus Day's festivities with perks for, for subscribers, including early entry to Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resort, celebrational photo opportunities, entertainment, con, culinary delights, and more. Additionally, Disney Plus Day mes Additionally, Disney Plus Day special screenings will return to select AMC theaters from September 8th to 19th. It says the Disney Plus Day lineup will feature anticipated global premieres from Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, National Geographic, The Simpsons, and more. In addition to the previously announced Pinocchio, a new episode of She-Hulk, uh, Attorney at Law, Cars on the Road, Growing Up, and Epic Adventures with uh, Beretta Gregory are all set to debut. They also expect uh, some sneak peeks and announcements for upcoming projects like Peter Pan and Wendy, Hocus Pocus 2, Disenchanted, and so much more. So yeah, that's the plan they have for Disney Plus Day. It sounds, it sounds good. I mean, you're going to get two movies that people are looking forward to. I mean... The chance to see Thor Love and Thunder again, but in the comfort of your own home is great. Uh, especially when they give you that IMAX enhanced uh, op you know, option. As well as I like the idea that you also get to see the live action Pinocchio movie uh, you know, as well along with it. So you got two good movies back to back uh, to, to watch uh, on September 8th. That's pretty cool to, to hear. And to also hear the fact that the Disney parks are going to get on in on it as well with like, you know, uh, early entry to the parks at Walt Disney World and Disneyland for subscribers, I think is great. Um, and, you know, to and to, to have photo opportunities and stuff and, you know, try a culinary delights 
it, you know, on that as well. I think it's tremendous on their part, but we'll see. We'll see how many uh, Disney Plus subscribers are going to um, show up at Disneyland and at Walt Disney World just for that and that alone. As well as to hear that the AMC theaters for at least eight days, I'm assuming, or 11 days, I'm assuming, is going to broadcast, or not broadcast, but showcase, you know, some Disney Plus uh, pro, uh, screenings, you know, in the theaters for at least a week and a half. So that's really cool on their part to, to do that. But yeah, Disney Plus Day sounds like it's going to be good. And uh, we'll see We'll see what happens from there. We'll see what happens from there. Alright, so anyway. And let me take out the Facebook because apparently that's hurting the streaming. So I do apologize for all that. Um, anyway, besides that, what is the next topic to talk about? Um, right now at 46 minutes. Well, the one to talk about next at 46 minutes also concerns Disney, but it says, but it's a question of should Disney remove the hanging body scene from Haunted Mansion? Now, what it, what this means is, um, um, I don't know why I found this. I saw this again on Facebook. I think it was a Disney Insider or something like that. But somebody had come out and talked about the fact that, you know, since, you know, because the, in case you don't know by now, Splash Mountain's getting rethemed from its um, Song of the South theme to Princess and the Frog to be a little bit more contemporary, you know, up to date. So somebody came out and asked the question, well, if you can retheme that, then why can't you just retheme something at the Haunted Mansion uh, in both Walt Disney World and Disneyland? And it's basically just a little small part, like it, and, and it's towards the end of the ride, and I've seen it. It's towards the end of the ride, where the ghostly host basically tells you that you there are many ways to try to get. Oh, there are uh, something like that. There are, there are not that many ways, or something like that, to get out of the mansion, mansion, or something like that. And, you know, and then he alludes to the fact, kind of in jest, of. Oh, well, maybe you can take my way, or maybe you can go my way, or something like that. And then, it's just a brief moment, but then you see, but it's just, what I'm trying to say is it's just a brief moment, but when you're on the ride and you look up, because you're supposed to look up and everything as well when you're looking around, and you hear him say, well, maybe you could go my way, or try going my way, it, like I said, it's a, brief, it's a bit of a brief of flashlight, or uh, light flashing like lightning, and when it does, you see this body hanging from a float, you know, in in the air near the ceiling, but it's basically hanging. And it's supposed to, I guess, be the ghostly host alluding to that being himself, that being him that's hanging, hanging, because that's his way of finding a way out of this mansion, you know, by means that, you know, are not very good. So, somebody... On uh, one of the somebody at the Disney Insider. Again, I'm gonna go to Facebook. I think I had on Facebook. Somebody at the Disney Insider had suggested, well, if you're gonna retheme 
if you're going to re-theme Splash Mountain from Song of the South to Princess and the Frog, then why can't you re-theme this little part in the Haunted Mansion? Like, either get rid of it or re-theme it. And there is a lot of people that kind of agree with it. You know, there are a lot of people that kind of, kind of agree with it and some that don't. Okay, was it a di- okay? The article came from inside the magic.net, not uh, Disney Insider. Um, but this is what they said at the inside the magic.net. They said, and I quote, "This was oh, this was actually published last year, but now, but for some reason, it's just coming out now. But this actually came out last year. Um, anyway." Uh, let's see. It says with, and this was June of last year. This is June of last year. Let's see now. Okay. It says this is from this is from InsideTheMagic.net from last year, but for some reason it popped up on my Facebook today. It said. With news of both Walt Disney World and Disneyland retheming the popular attraction Splash Mountain from the controversial Song of the South to the beloved Princess and the Frog, it is sparking ideas and conversations between fans around other attractions. One conversation is around the retheming of the popular Adventureland uh, attraction, the Jungle Cruise, but other fans are starting to uh, bring up a Pacific scene in a di- in a different Disney ride, Disney's Haunted Mansion. The Haunted Mansion is a popular attraction located in both Walt Disney World and Disneyland. The popular dark ride takes guests to a mansion of haunted characters while riding aboard a doom buggy. The spirited Haunted Mansion adventure will be guided by the disembodied voice of the ghost host as he is your private tour guide. Although the cavernous realm, or through the cavernous realm, of eerie, of the of an eerie haunted estate, home to ghosts, ghouls, and supernatural surprises, beware of hitchhiking ghosts. Believe me, I know what that one's about. It says Disney World describes this attraction as a is a glide past a. Uh, okay, Disney World describes this attraction as glide past a casket field convers. Uh, um, okay, Disney World describes this attraction as a glide past a casket field con- conservatory. Madame Liorta's Le- Le- Or- Le- Or- chilling se- seance room and ghostly graveyard is singing spectators as you attempt to find your way out. Beware of hitchhikers. These phantom pranksters may follow you home. <laughs> anyway. It says, the Pacific scene that is now getting a lot of attention is the hanging body scene. On a recent Reddit thread, one Disney fan sparked a conversation of the scene which takes place in the stretching room inside the Haunted Mansion of both Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World and in New Orleans Squirrel in Disneyland Park. This is what the spectator said. This is the spectator that um, mentioned this. And they said, and I quote, Okay, okay. This is the spectator, right, guys? This is the spectator. This is the spectator that says, and I quote, No, seriously, if we're talking about the most 
overtly offensive scene in a park attraction that could e pretty easily be changed, it is the scene in the stretching room. You all know it. The one where the ghost host says, Of course, there's always my way, and flashes to a hanging body. Why is this problematic? A. It trivializes suicide as a joke. Two. It, you know, B. It's gruesome. And C. It features a noose which is tied, which is ties into lynching. Yeah, that that's what they said. They said it's problematic because A. It trivializes suicide as a joke. B. It's gruesome. And C. It features a noose which ties into lynching. And they continue on by saying, "I'm not joking here." I do think this should be at least up for consideration as it would be only take a small script rework and removal of the lighting flash that makes the body visible. Now, according to InsideTheMagic.net, according to InsideTheMagic.net, uh, this has got a lot of response from Disney fans everywhere. Some agreeing while others say to just leave it alone. One person said, no, it did raise my radar the first time I saw it. But there was no effort to change these things at the time. One Reddit user and Hardin Mansion fan tries to explain why this scene is so important and why it takes place in the first place, writing, He's taunting us, seeing what will make us crack and join in with the rest of the ghouls after all there's room. After all, there is... Okay. One Reddit user... Let me reread that. One Reddit user and Hardin Mansion fan tries to explain why this scene is so important and why it takes place in the haunted, uh, takes place in the first place. Writing, he's taunting us, seeing what will make us crack and join in with the rest of the ghouls. After all, there's m room for a thousand. The sound effects uh, the sound effects insulate or insinuate that it is not the ghost host opening the exit; it's a fellow guest running through the hall, or running through the wall in fright. So I assume he wanted it to be quick and dirty. But I don't think it was the, but I don't think it was ever the intention to think about what the ghost host motivations, Asians any more than the motivation of the submarine voyager in Tomorrowland. One comment, however, had an idea of reimagining the scene, without completely removing it. This is Reddit, and one and that commenter, uh, replied. By the way, if it really was so offensive to the masses, they don't need to change the script. They could just not light the body. The script isn't obscene in any way. It's suggestive, but hear it as you want. Maybe this always my way is, a ref is referring to the front door if you don't light the body. So yeah, basically, even though this was posted about a year ago, this was posted about a year ago, um, like I said, it became relevant recently on my Facebook, and I'm thinking, why is this becoming so relevant, right? And it's basically because of the fact that, and I don't know if it's still relevant now, like people still talk about it now, but it's one of those situations to where folks feel like, hey, if you're going to do this to one attraction, why don't you do it to several other attractions that are problematic in nature as well? And look, I can understand where this person is coming from when they say, hey, this should be looked at as well as something to be considered as removed. But that's up to the people at Disney. That's up to the people at Disney. 
you know, it's like the person said, all they have to do if they really just want to tone it down is just, you know, remove, you know, remove the lighting. Don't, don't do the flashing of the, don't flash the body, you know, insinuating that the ghost host is telling you guys, hey, you want a faster way out? Here's my way. I did it. This is the way I did it. You know, goodbye. So, you know, all you have to do, and I agree with this, all you have to do is just not light the body. Don't show it. You know, just focus on the person that's trying to get out and follow that person. You know, that's all I can say on it. You know, that's all I can say on it. Anyway, with that said, with that talked about there, let's get into our next topic. Let's get into our next topic. And guys, give me your thoughts on a lot of these topics as well. How do you feel about them and all that? Uh, down below as well as in the live chat at if you will and again guys super chats super stickers are open it would be appreciated and you can support me at Venmo and at Cash App as you can see up above all right the fifth topic at uh, 58 minutes the fifth topic we're going to talk about House of the Dragon which is the Game of Thrones I think it's the prequel or the sequel, one of the two, of the House of Dragon series crashes the HBO Max streaming service. That's right, HBO Max crashed thanks to the premiere of House of the Dragon, again, which is a Game of Thrones spinoff or a prequel, or not spinoff, but sequel or prequel. Um, yeah, it crashed it. And you know what's funny? HBO Max is not the only streaming service this has happened to this year. It's not. Ooh, pop the elbow there. You know, it's not the it's not the only one. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, Netflix had something similar happen to them when it came to I think Stranger Things season four. Yeah, both show, you know, that show I should say, just like with House of the Dragon on HBO Max, crashed Netflix. All because people wanted to see it the moment it came out. And uh, it shows you the popularity of these kind of shows nowadays uh, when it comes to um, any revitalization of any kind. Whether it's a spin-off series, a prequel series, a sequel series, whatever the case may be. It shows you the immense, the massive popularity, the massive popularity that they have you know, on the public. It shows you that. It shows you that in ways that, you know, are, um, how do I put this, unfathomable, if you will. It's unfathomable to even think a show uh, premiering could crash a service. I mean, can you imagine back in the day if a show like Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, premiered solely on Fox and everybody tuned in at the same time? Can you imagine if the Fox network just crashed because it couldn't, handle the amount of people tuning over to the Fox station to, to watch it? Can you imagine that happening? No. No. You wouldn't imagine it because, you know, there's no way you could crash a network. You, there really isn't. You know, just by watching the premiere of something that you've been waiting for for a while. But when it comes to a streaming service, yeah, you can't crash it because there's too much bandwidth and stuff going out. Uh, simultaneously to try to keep it at normal pace. So, 
you know, so yeah, it's not the first time a, a series, a very popular I, series IP has crashed, you know, a streaming service. You know, like I said, I think Stranger Things Season 4 crashed Netflix, and now you have um, House of the Dragon doing the same to HBO Max. What this should do, too, though, is kind of send a message to David Zaslav and his team, you know, especially the team he's putting together to, you know, head the new combined streaming service of HBO Max and Discovery Plus, which is coming next year in the summer. You know, hopefully this is a lesson to them that, hey, if you're going to do this kind of stuff in the future, you got to make sure you have enough, you know, bandwidth and enough power, if you will, to avoid, you know, your streaming service crashing in the first place. And uh, hopefully that's, hopefully, you know, something like this sends that kind of a message. You know, hopefully it sends that kind of a message uh, to them uh, to try to work on that uh, in the near future. Because honestly, like I said, you know, it doesn't make what it, what it makes HBO Max look like, just like what Stranger Things did with Netflix, is it makes you guys look immature. It makes you guys look immature. But here's the thing. Netflix is not the only one to crash. It's not. It's not the only one to, to crash. There have been several shows on Disney Plus that did the same thing. There are several shows on Disney Plus that did the same thing this year. Like, let me see. I'm going to look it up. Hold on. Okay, it doesn't work. Um, see, uh, it's not all day. It's uh, it was this year. Let me see. I don't see it. And I know it was a show. I don't know if it was Miss Marvel or or something. Oh, it might have been The Mandalorian. I think it might have been The Mandalorian of one of them. I don't know which one it was. It was a Star Wars one, I think. I don't know if it was the new season of The Mandalorian or something. But one of them crashed uh, Disney+. Plus. It crashed Disney+. Plus. So, again, HBO Max is not alone in this. Stranger Things crashed Netflix. I think one of the Star Wars shows, Star Wars shows, crashed um, Disney Plus, and now, ow, um, and now, basically, you have House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones spinoff, crashing HBO Max, and and again, hopefully, Hopefully this is a lesson that David Zaslav's team that he's putting together to head up the new merge service that we're getting next year 
will learn from this and realize, hey, if we're going to do a premiere of something like House of Dragon again, especially with our new merge service, we got to make sure we have plenty of bandwidth and power to handle those crashes. And hopefully they will. You know, hopefully they will. But, um, yeah, House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones, you know, proved to be such a, mo such a very popular show that everybody was looking forward to that it ended up crashing the entire site upon its premiere. That's, uh, <laughs> that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. But anyway, yeah, that's happened. And like I said, hopefully they'll, they'll learn the lesson from it and move and move on after that. All right, number six, Dragon Ball Z Super Superhero dominates at the box office. That's right. Believe it or not, for the first time in almost, I would assume, 30 plus years, an anime has blown up at the box office. That's right, Dragon Ball Z Super Superhero dominated the box office this, this weekend with a $20, plus, $20 million plus gate. That is huge. And it just shows me the power of anime and the power of very popular and beloved anime franchises that have been around since the dawn of time. And Dragon Ball Z is no exception. You know, they've been around for a long time. So for them to get this honor outside of Akira being the last one, I think, and Ghost in the Shell, you know, it's huge. And again, it shows you that there is a place. There is a place, if you will, there is a place for anime in on the big screen here in the States. There is a place for animated movies as a whole, 2D, whatever the case may be, you know, there is a place for them here in this world. And then all it takes is the right kind of fan base and the right kind of people behind the scenes to bring it all together and make it happen. And I think that's what's, I think and believe that's what happened with Dragon Ball Super Superhero. You know, it's a very popular IP. And the fact that it's something new that people will, people actually want to see more so than anything, including the movie Beast, it's, um, you know, it's not a surprise whatsoever, you know, that this happened. It's not a surprise, really. But, yeah. Yeah, you know, Dragon Ball Z, you know, proving that anime still has a place, you know, on the silver screen, especially here in North America. And I hope this trend continues. I hope it continues and other anime or animated movies that come out, you know, get a similar treatment to show that, hey, you know, this is what we want. This is what we want out of our show, shows and our, and our um, movies and stuff. This is what we want. And if you give give us stuff like this, hey, we'll be happy campers no matter what you plan to do in the future. But yeah, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Super Superhero, you know, like I said, dominating at the box office, you know, doubling what it did on its last theatrical release. You know that that's saying something. That is definitely saying something in my opinion. And again, it sends a message that anime is to be taken... Animated movies and anime movies of all kinds need to be taken seriously. And then if you have the right people, like I mentioned, behind the scenes to work on it 
to bring it to life, then so be it. So be it, in my opinion. But yeah, congratulations to Dragon Ball for, and, you know, Crunchyroll and all of them for, you know, getting this honor because it is, it is very unusual for a, a movie based on a, essentially a television franchise to get that kind of numbers, you know, the way Dragon Ball is it, Dragon Ball Super did uh, over this past weekend. Okay. So let me know what you guys' thoughts are on that. But okay. Next up, the seventh um, the seventh topic at one hour and nine minutes and twenty seconds, sixty-nine minutes, twenty seconds. Why do Sonic fans write NFSW adult stories with Tails as the ladies' man? Well, I've mentioned this before. I've mentioned this before. I think the reason they do it is if you want, if you not watch, but if you read the Mobius years later, whether it's the Ian Flynn one or the Ken Penders one, if not both, um, you will see that Tails is not only grown up, but he's grown up to be, you know, basically a lady killer. Yes, in the Mobius years later storyline, he's married to Mina, Mina Mongoose, Mina Mongoose, and all that. But, you know, the way he's designed in both, it's like they turned him into a lady killer. So, why not incorporate that, as, if you're a fan, and you see that, why not incorporate that into your storytelling? You know what I'm saying? Why not incorporate that into the, your storytelling, especially if you're writing a very adult, very NFSW story involving the character and somebody else? You know, why not do that? I mean... There are so many stories, and I've talked about this before. There are so many stories on fanfiction.net uh, of Tails basically getting it on with all different females from the Sonic franchise. From Amy Rose to Sally to Bunny to Percy and Stacy Bandicoot from Boom to Styx from Boom to um, Bunny from, you know, Sonic's at AM and Archie Sonic. You know, you know uh, Bernadette Hitchhog, Sonic's mom from the Archie Sonic uh, book. Jewel, uh, the bug, Julie, the jewel bug, if you will, from uh, IDW Sonic. His own mom, Rosemary Hitchhog, from the ID from the Archie books, as well as even Queen Alicia, Sally's mom from the Archie books. I mean, you name the female, in in pretty much there's a story with him getting it on with them in very very explicit NFSW like uh, scenarios. And it's all because of the fact that, you know, people are basing this on how he would look grown up, you know, a, a few years into the future. And I, and to me, they're basing it off what he looked like in Mobius years later. They're basing off that, that theory. So, yeah, there's a lot of stories that, you know, involve him in that kind of situation. There's even a story where his wife, who is Fiona, that's right, the Fiona Fox, is cool with him doing this because it's all part of a special treatment that all the husbands, that all the wives, I should say, allow the husbands to take part in. And that treatment is what all the husbands basically get it on with, you know, each of the, each each and every one of the wife's close friends uh, themselves. So Fiona, in this story, is cool with Tails getting it on, not just with herself, because that's his wife in the story, but she's cool with him getting it on because it's part of the treatment with a bunny rabbit, you know, a vanilla, a Sally, you know, a Percy and a Stacy, 
you know, you name it. You know, she's cool with it. There's those kind of stories. And it's just, it's just really surprising to, you know, that when you look at them, to see how, you know, the girls get described and Tails gets described when they go and do their thing, if you know what I mean. It just blows my mind when I see it, man. It just blows my mind when I see it and I read it. It just blows my mind. Um, but yeah. But yeah, they, they basically put Tails in these situations because they view him as he would be looking like when he's older in the years later story arc. That's why they put him into these situations, uh, in my opinion. All right. So with that said, we got one more topic to go. And that topic is the 45 day plus, or the 45 plus day uh, theatrical rule out the window. Well, in case you guys haven't noticed, a lot of movies you would expect after 45 days to be um, digitally available for uh, purchase um, are not there yet. Or digitally available to be viewed on their respective streaming service is not there yet. You know, we know Tom Cruise uh, made it abundantly clear that he did not want Top Gun Maverick to be out any, you know, sooner than what it, than what he felt and believed it should be out for. He wants it to make as much money as possible, which is why it's surpassing all the big box office blockbusters, you know, for the you know biggest box office you know a movie's ever obtained. Because Tom Cruise fought on fought on it, and he said, "Look." I'm, behind, I'm helping to make this movie. You know, I'm in this movie. I don't want it to basically go through a 45-day window format and not make and not really give it a chance to shine and see how much money it can make. And and obviously he won the battle because, you know, Top Gun, yeah, it's scheduled for release digitally probably within the next week or two, that being Top Gun Maverick, but the movie isn't scheduled for release till November, you know, physically. So that shows you that sometimes, you know, a person like a Tom Cruise can have a very rippling effect on not just what, you know, movies he's in or he's associated with, but other studios' movies as well, which would explain why September 8th, instead of, let's say, what was it, uh, I would say last month, last month or so, you know, instead of well, not last month, but this month, actually. This month, because, let's see, 8th, 8th, 30, yeah. Instead of, like, this month, you know, we have to wait a couple more weeks for it to happen. You know, this would explain why Love and Thunder, you know, is coming out a lot later than it normally should be. And, you know, this also would explain why, you know, movies like the Elvis movie... You know, even though it's out digitally uh, for purchase and everything, it's not out on HBO Max because, again, you know, the David Zaslav, obviously, like I said, he sees and hears what Tom Cruise did, and he's like, hey, if his movie, if he's keeping his movie in theaters as long as he can to make as much money as he's hoping it will, then I'm going to do the same with, um, you know, with Elvis. Like, yeah, I'll allow it to get rented and bought and everything digitally and all that because that makes us money but I'm not about to put it on HBO Max for free you know and lose that money 
So what I'm going to do is let it be, you know, digitally released, but I'm also going to keep it in theaters. And then when the time's right, that's when I'll decide to put it on, on HBO Max. But yeah, Tom, but yeah, obviously it's having Tom Cruise's argument and everything that he probably obviously won is having a rippling effect. It's having a rippling effect on um, all other movies out there that you would expect to be out a lot sooner. It really is. But maybe that's a good thing because a lot of people, they look at these kind of movies and they want to experience them on the big screen but never get a chance to do so with the final, with this 45-day window. And now it looks like they're about to get that opportunity, you know, after all. They really are. But, yeah. You know, if you're wondering if the 45-day window thing is over, you know, because you don't see, you know, you haven't seen... Excuse me. You haven't seen uh, Thor: Love and Thunder out on Disney Plus just yet, or even digitally, you know, just yet. If you're thinking the honeymoon phase of the 45-day theatrical window is over, then you'd be right. You would definitely be right. And um, maybe it's a sign of things to come, because, like I said, if one movie and one person behind it can have this kind of an effect. Who knows what other movies will be, you know, following suit to, um, you know, be reassured that the movie makes enough money, you know, in the theaters, and, you know, instead of just digitally and physically, if you know what I mean. But anyway, though, guys, um, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But anyway, though, guys, that's going to do it for this Topics on My Mind live stream for today, August 22nd, 2022. Thank you all for joining me. Again, guys, you can help donate uh, to me, donate to my brand here with the, at Venmo at brian warmer 2 and at Cash App at BWRoses98. Also, uh, Patreon.com slash BWRoses. I will have an audio version of this up hopefully soon on my BWRoses podcast where you can hear that at all your favorite podcast locations except for Pandora. As well as check me out at, Ven- at Vimo at BWRoses for content you can't get anywhere else. Check out the Teespring store as well, guys. I really appreciate that. And that's just about it. But, yeah. Let me know what all of your thoughts are on the topics I said talked about here. I do apologize if it looked like I was kind of lagging there a little bit. You know, sorry if I was lagging there a little bit. I do apologize. It looks like I'm kind of getting tired a little bit. So, um, uh, I do apologize for that. But thank you all for watching. Again, I do apologize for the lag or any kind of lag you may have experienced here. Hope you enjoyed this, though. Again, give me your thoughts down below. And I will timestamp this later on when I get an opportunity. And, yeah, that's about it, guys. So, hope you all enjoyed. And I will be back later on, either today, tonight, or even tomorrow, with my live, my live, smash or pass cheer. That's right, it's going to be a tier list, and I will be back with it hopefully soon. But let me know what your guys' thoughts are here on Topics on My Mind for today. And until next time, guys.